You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Abuka. This is Murps. Hello. Ah, man. Wow, I wish we had something to report, but we really don't. Not not really. BG there was got a patch. some changes. No, Arena did not. I, I will tell you guys, here's the thing. Um, Blizzard was asked, I think it was by Dan Fuller. I think Dan Fuller on Twitch uh, asked the Blizzard devs about the epic bug. And really the rarity bug, because we've talked about this. It's not just epics, it's also like rares and etc. Uh, and Blizzard responded uh, that they were aware of it and they were working on it. That's that's good. But this also confirms that yes, this is not intentional. For those few pockets, you know, there there's dozens of us. Like for those few individuals out there who are like, oh no, this was their plan to shake up the meta. <laughs> no, uh, this response by Blizzard absolutely confirms that. This was not intentional, and they say they're going to look into it. I, they didn't give a time frame. I'm, you know, whether okay. they're just busy or something, who knows? But this has been identified by Blizzard as a problem. Okay, look, if you're Blizzard right now, you know that your class balance is actually not terrible, except for two classes, one of which is Warrior at thirty-five percent win rate that we're playing later today. Um, but generally, it's okay. And you know that the meta's crap, but you also know that the meta will get crappier in some other ways if you do fix this bug, and be better in some ways if you do fix this bug, and uh, you just really sitting there have no incentive to fix this bug. Because it may make things better, but it'll mess up enough things that it could also very easily, we're talking not like, oh, there's some chance of it doing this, like 10% chance, 5% chance. We're talking like there's like a good at least 30, 40% chance, if not more than that, of just making everything even worse or about the same and not actually, you know, make anyone actually happier. Uh, So there's no incentive for Blizzard to fix this bug with any speed whatsoever until the next expansion rolls around when they have to roll the dice again at the next rotation. So in that case, why not fix the bug then? So, regardless of what Blizzard is saying, regardless of what they're doing, look at how incentives are aligned. And uh, just realize that there's a reason this bug hasn't been fixed yet, even though they fixed the same exact, well not the same exact bug, but a very similar epic bug uh, two or three months ago in like two weeks. Uh, and they're not doing that now, and I would imagine this is not going to get fixed until the next expansion releases, and the next expansion is going to release in like a month, so it's not like it's that long. But this is it, guys. This is the meta. Just mentally be there. Don't don't be waiting for, for anything else to happen in this one-month period. It might, it might not, but uh, it probably won't. And what is going to happen is the expansion is going to come. They're probably going to fix the epic bug by then because really they already know how to fix it. Uh, and on top of that, there's going to be a, ro- a core rotation of sorts. Like they're going to add some cards into core and take some cards out. Uh, and it's just going to be a big change. And that's all happening with the new year in Hearthstone. It's going to happen in a month. So that's when things are going to get shaken up. Until then, we are in this 
pretty dragon-dominated meta. And if you guys are wondering, uh, or if you're extraordinarily frustrated because you're like, wait, this is really bad. Like, why aren't they working towards this? Uh, right now, the situation, although it might not be this bad, it's similar to that Donald Glover meme where, you know, he has the pizza and then he's walking into the room, you know, that scene from, from Community and mm. like everything's gone to shit. The whole apartment's on fire. Um, cause I don't know if you guys have been tuned into BGs recently, but a lot of people are not happy with the meta. I say this very, very lightly. Uh, a lot of people are very frustrated with the BG meta. Look, I don't play BGs right now. I'm not going to go super in-depth on this because I, I just, you know, there's not too much I, I can add at a high level about it that hasn't already been stated by so many other people who are much better at BGs than I am right now. But there is a lot of frustration right now with the buddy system. Yes, there have been some small changes, but it's created some additional problems as well. For example, with the latest changes, um, Elise, now all her maps cost one, her curve is really good. <clears throat> The buddy system, as long as it is, as long as it is in existence, creates problems in which you can tune it here, you can tune it there. Stuff is basically always going to be overtuned. Some stuff is going to be undertuned, and in the grand scheme of things, the buddy system restricts choices. It doesn't add choices. It restricts choices for mm. a lot of people, while at the same time introducing matchup rng to a extraordinary degree because we have talked about in previous metas it's like oh man i hate facing like millhouse on six gold right this is like two years ago it's like oh why do i face millhouse on six gold you facing like eudora after she gets her golden minute you know years years and years back now for so many of the heroes that you face for so many uh, of these pivotal turns on when they get their buddies, etc., etc., a lot of the decisions you make in game, are they still important? Yes. Are they vastly more important than when you face people? I mean, you know, less than before, right? Like, So sometimes you just get smacked, and that's incredibly <clears throat> frustrating for people. It's like, I could have made better decisions, maybe, but I was always going to get smacked for 15 on this certain turn. So I think at the end of the day, it's like they have tuned it a little bit. Um, also, congratulations to everybody who's made Lobby Legends. Uh, that's super exciting. You know, I was watching the end of that sort of um, the ladder climb happen. Everybody was, was gunning for it. Uh, and I don't have the list in front of me, but I would just say that... Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But this is why I think Blizzard has their hands full right now. They are seeing that, okay, this is the first year of Lobby Legends. We have so many talented people playing here. At the same time, we have so many streamers who are, you know, also the best in the world, incredibly frustrated by the meta uh, and just not happy, even if they're doing well, right? Like not happy or <clears throat> mm -hmm. frustrated with the way that they're forced to play the ways that they lose, you know, similar things to what we are talking about for arena, right? People don't like the way that they are forced to play. They don't love the fact that they need to try to high roll a lot of the times. And when they lose, it feels terrible. Sometimes when they win, it feels terrible. Just like, um, you know, before the patch, people were, were saying how uh, playing 
Lich, uh, and you know, playing Lich Bazil and doing the demon spam um, was just complete resident sleeper. It was super duper boring. Playing Wag Toggle, right? Tier one Wag Toggle, super duper completely boring. These tier one strats, but it was free MMR, so you just have to do it, right? Um, and those have been patched, uh, so you can't just do the spam anymore. But that's the problem with buddies. That's the inherent problem with buddies, and you can try to balance it, you can do all of this stuff, but it creates incredible matchup RNG that people don't like. Um, it forces, it restricts choices. As in, if you want to win, it actually kind of restricts choices. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely yeah. restricts choices. It, it, it highly restricts choices, yeah. as anything that's similar to that would be, because they're giving you one specific buddy, essentially for free at a set time, like... This is Game Design 101 here for a strategy game. They knew it going in. That's also why this is not an overall mechanic, and this is just a event, right? That's why they announced before they even implemented it, this is going away at some point. Because they know that for the event of this duration, uh, for the duration of the event, choices are going to be restricted. Um, none of this was remotely unforeseeable. In fact, uh, this was the odds-on favor result that was going to happen. Like, when it was announced... There was a lot of fanfare because it was a lot of content all at once. And people just raised some concerns about whether Blizzard was going to be able to balance it, what this end result was going to look like. Um, but people were overall excited about it. And I remember at the time just thinking and saying, like, on, on the podcast, uh, there's 0% chance they're going to balance it. Everyone's going to hate it in a month. And... Um, I think most people were like, oh, but, you know, give it a shot. They were just happy, right, that there's so much attention being paid to it. And I know I would be so excited and so positive if uh, Blizzard paid this much attention to Arena, even if they were going down the wrong direction, right? Right. Um, but we're now, what, uh, two months into this? Uh, we're, we're well past the one-month mark when people got pretty annoyed. We're now into the people are very annoyed. Uh, Blizzard is incapable of fixing it and i don't mean like blizzard sucks they're incapable of fixing it i mean nobody no design team is capable of fixing it in real time with a system like this nobody this is stuff that you need to play test and you need to iterate on for like years behind the scenes and also when you play test <clears throat> there are two completely different groups that you need mm -hmm. to consider and you, for example, you can't say that you don't care about the competitive aspect anymore. If you're doing Lobbying Legends, you have to care about that, right? Mm -hmm. So this isn't one of those situations where just like, ah, you know, like we, we like, it but doesn't matter. But that is what they do. Yeah. Um, but we have seen, like, you know, even when they were launching Buddies and what they thought was, what, what the game devs thought was OP and then what was actually broken when you just got to the preview stream with the with these leaderboard players and they immediately started exploit not exploiting mm -hmm. but like if there was a yeah, crap, exploiting but yeah. in like a good but in, in a like good sorry way. an right. understandable way right? right i don't know about good but in like a predictable acceptable way right. right not like cheating yeah the players would like it's like if there was a crack you know that would be found by a normal player a good player would like Explore, like it would look like a canyon right like mm -hmm. they, they would drill down into that so hard and just be like oh yeah like this is incredibly broken um well, it's a strategy game and they provided an optimal strategy that works the same way every single time right <laughs> so that's the the tough thing about you know when you talk about balance as well it's like when you're balancing it you also have two very very different groups that you need to balance for um 
And this is why, like, I haven't checked win rates recently, but a hero like Trade Prince Gallywix, for example, that's typically been a hero in which if you look at the win rate of the best players versus the win rate of, like, your average player, gosh, that is going to be different. Because it's not just about AP, it's just not just about fast fingers, it's about every single time you decide to click or sell or something, you need to know what you're doing. So you are processing the game incredibly fast in real time, uh, and those like add up. It's like you you having to make a hundred decisions in a turn, right? And the you know the average player won't even do those uh, number of mm -hmm. things, and they won't even consider it, especially not after every single time. So. It, like a hero like Gallowix is just exponentially better uh, in the hands of a good player, but that's just super tough to balance. Like you know, if we're talking about and, and I remember when Buddies came out, uh, you know, I I was like, okay, you know, we'll we'll play it, we'll give it a shot. But I remember saying like, this is moving BGs closer to duels. You know, yep, yep, yep. That's that's a dangerous thing. Like that that's not because a great duel thing. Sucks. Okay, I mean, look, you don't gotta maybe one of our listeners is a duels player okay don't, i mean i know one of our listeners is a duels player but but i don't care about that listener's feelings uh if they live in their own mental propaganda state of duels is okay or fun i think i think fun was a word i've heard thrown around by certain people in, in regards to duels okay it's just just well, just fake news it's yeah uh but yes look there is a reason why duels did, did not pop off in a way that I think Blizzard was hoping it would pop off. And duels is a very different game than BGs. And is BGs more popular than duels? I mean, absolutely still, right? Uh, but some of the problems with duels were the fact that um, it you know, one of the biggest problems with duels, other than you know the fact that you need a collection and everything, uh, was this big knowledge hurdle that you felt like you needed to at least you know if not overcome you had to like know a lot to feel comfortable because in duels you know you can go in blind but holy shit going in blind you're just like you get really <laughs> wrecked by the super good treasures you know these classes that have like weird synergies right you can't just play normal hearthstone and go into duels and expect to know what's going on what the meta is um and bg's Right now, with the buddies, there is an additional hurdle. Like, you look at these There heroes, was always a pretty big hurdle with BG. There was always a hurdle, right? You have to know kind of, like, hero powers and everything. But now, it's like, man, I got... Like, how does this character mm -hmm. operate, right? When it's in your hands. And also, when you're facing uh, these other heroes, it's like, <laughs> wait, how powerful are they on this specific turn? It, it varies, like, wildly. And you just don't like you. It feels bad when you lose to that, right? It's just like, for example, um, it's one of the reasons why I don't play games like League of Legends, right? Like people ask me to play League of Legends. Dreads asked me to play League of Legends, and first of all, hell no. Uh, but second of all, I'm like, no, I don't want to learn all of that. And then yeah. if the response is you don't have to learn learn all of that. I'm just like, no, but I would feel bad <laughs> if I don't learn all of that. And it just prevents me from from playing it. So, like, mm -hmm. that's the thing. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's the only reason that duels was not as popular as it could be. <clears throat> but that is a major reason. And for BGs, I, I you know, I, I, 
Uh, I actually have um, a couple of friends that I know IRL, right? They enjoy BGs. Let's face it, like BGs is the most casual friendly, it, you know, it was the most casual friendly mode. And I, I talked to them recently, I'm like, are you playing BGs now? Uh, they were like, no, I, I stopped after Buddies came out like for a couple of weeks and they were just like, they didn't enjoy Buddies. They didn't enjoy the pacing of Buddies, but really they felt like there was just too much to learn. He, he, he was just like, I don't want to memorize all the Buddies and sort of what it works best with. And also when I'm facing that hero and they get their Buddy, what is the expectation there? It's like the same thing of, if I just jump into League of Legends, I can know basic things like, oh, um, you know, positioning myself, trying not to feed. But if I'm facing like, I don't know, like a Blitzcrank, and I don't know that they can like just reach out and like grab, and then I die because of that, uh, that really freaking sucks. I'm just like, okay, well, I just saw this giant machine thing. I didn't exactly know what its capabilities were. And mm. then it just like yoinks. I, mm, that doesn't feel good. Uh, I wonder if this is all in Blizzard stats with BGs. Like, I wonder if they see that people are playing BGs less after the patch. Like, if they compare before the buddy system and like a month after the buddy system and now two months after the buddy system, if they're just like, oh, crap, we messed up. Or if they're like actually looking at it and saying, well, we actually did a very good job, but uh, we messed up the, the, the high, you know, the, the top people and their abusive strategies and whatever. But overall, this was good. Like, I wonder which way it is, because you're talking about your like casual friends, right, who are dropping BGs. So I'm wondering if the actual rate of regular people playing BGs is actually falling like significantly. You know, I... I, I look i don't have the numbers right um mm -hmm. i think bgs is doing fine overall right and once again we have to we, we have to remember twitch reddit uh my two friends that i ask this is a very small percentage of the overall population of whatever mm -hmm. it's just yeah. like and, and skewed right it's very skewed as well right um like first of all people on the internet tend to complain Okay, this is just one of those things. And also the top players, I think, will always uh, <clears throat> care a lot, right, first of all. Uh, and I'm not saying that's bad, but they will also, um, and, and because percentages matter so much there, right? So right. such that, like, if there is a problem and if, if there is a sort of exploit, once again, I'm not using exploit as in they're cheating, as in, like, for example, the previous wag toggle Lich tier one, that was, you know, like I'll call it cheese instead, right? If there's yeah. any sort of cheese, they will use it. They might not enjoy it. They probably won't enjoy it because <laughs> there's a certain aspect of cheese that is like, well, you're not exactly flexing your strongest sort of mental capacity, right? You are just literally cheesing. Uh, you have identified that wag toggle and Lich on one are extremely good but you're just like, you know, you're just going through the motions, doing it and gaining the MMR. Um, I think BGs is, is fine, but I do think that, you know, if we're talking about Arena, BGs has to be number one on their play. And I think that they mm -hmm. have to be looking at the situation in which Lobbying Legends is here, right? We have people who qualified and it does kind of, you know, it's suboptimal for them to see so many of BG content creators 
frustrated, you know? They, they could be playing it, they could be doing very well, but I think that you know, it's definitely reached a point. Uh, for example, I, I watch Sun Glitters a lot, and she has been <laughs> fairly frustrated with the meta. Um, and it's due to a lot of the things I've mentioned. Uh, it is matchup RNG, right? Um, in which case, I, I, I think even if she were here, she'd be like, yeah, you know, maybe I could have done something a little bit different here or there. Does that change whether I take 15 damage versus this specific enemy on this specific turn? It doesn't. And that kind of sucks. Because once you take that 15 damage and then you're, you're basically... Uh, your hands are tied for the rest of the match, and then you can't do a lot of things. So yeah, like that's that's one of those um, fundamentals of uh, a strategy game uh, design that that I talk about now and then um, uh, in a, from an arena perspective and from an everything perspective, uh, where there is actually fundamental math in the game, and fundamental math is objective baseline math. It is not relative. You can't just change all of the stats on all of the cards, right? All the numbers, just change them all, and then have a new balance. You may be able to get to a good, you know, win rate for each class, but your game fundamentally changes when you just up all the numbers a lot. Which is why, you know, we say it a lot on this podcast, and this is a good principle of uh, game design balance. You have to nerf. You cannot just buff. And the reason for that is uh, is the same reason why a power creep is bad. Not just because previous cards are now less useful, which is what most people care about because they're self-interested and they want cards they've already purchased to not be obsolete immediately. But from a game design perspective, you are changing the game. And oftentimes, developers are not fully aware of the all the effects that happen. Like, I think there's a, a pretty prominent idea among game developers even game balanced de um, developers which is the sad part where they think it doesn't change that much as long as everything is still balanced right that you could raise numbers they don't they don't give enough credit to the fundamental math behind their own games their own strategy games and that's also because most of the people especially in a game like hearthstone that's in it's like what ninth year now like anybody who's ever touched the fundamental like mana system for example is no longer on the team Right, like those guys are far gone, to, and and the people that remain may understand it. They may understand large parts of it, but they're not. They're not the OG people who made the system, and they don't have all the. This is why this was done specifically. This was why it wasn't done this other way because they don't know what other way was even being considered. Maybe right, or they have like vague ideas of that, and they're not thinking about, or they don't care about what the balance of the game actually supports for good strategic play for I don't know, it's a broad word but for like actual strategic play in a strategy game uh so you see this with uh, with battlegrounds where all of a sudden like what is buddies right fundamentally you are getting an additional resource a very large resource that is very specific usually in the way that it affects your game and everybody else is getting a different resource in a very specific way at a very specific time that affects their game and there's usually not a lot of different ways you can go about using that resource. But even stepping aside from its limitation of choices, you're getting that resource. In the same way, you're going to fundamentally upset the entire, um, like, everything about whether it's arena or constructed, if on turn five, we just randomly give people three more mana. Like, 
that doesn't just that may not change which class is the best or it may you know make two other classes the best and whatever but it'll change all of your expectations because what you haven't changed even though you've changed mana and mana is used for like everything you haven't changed health pool you haven't touched it and because you change one resource without changing another and you've changed one resource so much you, you you've upset the entire balance and that's what you see in arena now too with uh, what we just you know generally call power creep but arena is totally different now than it was before not just because cards now are better than cards before and because you know when you mix good cards and bad cards you get more card uh, uh, like deck rng but also because just even within the new cards even if we went back to standard rotations like i suggested uh you're still not going to end up with like a great meta it'll be better than this one but it won't be a great meta for strategy quote unquote because you have already gone significantly past the point that the fundamental math of the game was was able to handle and so now you haven't changed life you've added a lot more tempo you've added a lot more card advantage you've uh, you've done all that without changing the health pools and uh there's only so much you can do with that so uh, just it's something that i'm sure people who are working on these have like maybe brought up as a footnote in one of their like pros and cons of doing this kind of discussions but people don't really care and when i say people i mean game designers even game balance designers this is like low on their priority list of things that affect their decisions and for people who like strategy it's something that we have to recognize and bring farther up to the forefront like power creep gets a bad rep but for mostly the wrong reasons especially from good players and uh, you know this is all bygones right like blizzard's already gone here battlegrounds may still have be able to come back from it arena's never going to come back from it uh constructed is never going to come back from it uh it's uh it's just it's just something to know right like and to make you a more more aware um i guess consumer of the game and so you will know be able to predict what things are doing right like something that uh i i know people like uh, kind of like look up to us and and like praise us for uh is is that we make good predictions generally like our prediction rate whether it's on an individual card or a meta like we're not perfect obviously but we hit a very high rate at a lot of different stuff and it's not because we're doing magical things here it's just some of these like fundamental things of how logic and math works will continue to work that way no matter what and sometimes we're wrong because some unforeseen thing comes out and changes all of our like inputs right and we were inputting the wrong thing uh but if we're inputting the right thing we're gonna we're gonna get the the right thing to come out and it's not just hearthstone right that goes across all different types of games yeah. uh so just just a, a small education point I wanted to squeeze in here on the discussion. Yeah, guys, Dreads definitely uh, predicted the epic bug, giving mages three times more uh, uh. flame strikes, glyphs, uh, rolling fireballs, runes. Yeah, he 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 definitely predicted that. He was the only person right about uh, about the amulet. No, no. Um. So uh, about the nerf thing, I completely agree. I I, I think this year, especially, and I. I'm not even going to talk about Arena right now because I, I think with the core set ro rotating or resetting, it gives a natural 
chance for them mm-hmm. to even out the power levels, right? It gives them it's a natural uh, point for them to do that. BGs is a little bit different, and I understand that we've had patches in which they're just like, oh, we're introducing um, just like forty plus new minions. We're introducing more heroes. We're taking away all of these things. They can do that. I want to say this once again, uh, and I've stated this before. I think the biggest offender, especially now that you have lobby legends and you have people playing for real money. Gosh, this is just me being like a broken record. I'm so shocked that they have not touched Hogger yet because Hogger now, more than before, like Hogger is very easy for certain characters to get. And also with the buff previously to Tony, you can get golden hoggers pretty easily now. And hogger, first of all, alienates just so, so many mobile players. I'd, like, you, you can do it just with the realization you're, you know, missing out on like 30 minions per turn. That's fine. That's cool. If you're okay, if you're cool with that, that that's good for you. Um, but hogger strats, sorry, hogger uh as a tool because i'm not saying you know you you're going all pirates right a lot of heroes and builds use hogger and infinite pirates as a tool sometimes just to get to whatever end game composition they want to get to um you're now talking about a strat that not only you know requires a lot of apm which i don't know if you want bgs to be about that uh it's about your internet connection now it really is. It is actually about your internet connection, about your connection to the Blizzard servers, and that should never be a part of the game. And you can say, fine, right? Like, if it's just ladder and leaderboard or whatever. With Lobby Legends, I'm really curious. Like, can we keep Hogger in the game if it's introducing this aspect that I don't think anybody wants to be part of the game. And this is why, you know, you see BG players, uh, when, when they looked at kind of the, the not being able to disconnect, a lot of questions were asked. Uh, and I, I think everybody understands ultimately, like why you can't disconnect in Lobby Legends and everything. But a lot of these questions and concerns all stem from, oh man, like, I got to worry about my internet connection, which server are we playing on, all of this stuff. And it's like, whoa, we're not even playing an FPS game here, right? You know, like this is, uh, I'm not exactly sure that this should be in the game. How you can go infinite, and if you're good enough, it actually just depends on how good your connection to the Blizzard servers are and how good your internet is. And whether you get, I don't know, 20 minions? 50 minions uh it it it's totally dependent on that so it's it's no longer a strategy game yeah this is this is what i what i mean and you know people like there are multiple issues that we can talk about um in bgs and and i think that blizzard you know they know about them they're working on them but i think the number one thing for me uh in lobbying legends because you guys can talk about meta stuff, right? And how it's like, oh, everybody's chasing like reborn Myxnas and Amalgadons in the end game, and I, I, I get that, or um, various other issues. But I always go back to this Hogger issue because I'm just like, this is such a non-game concern. Like you can talk about how there are meta concerns, but Hogger actually introduces this uh, non-game concern 
and suddenly you're you're like trying to figure out ways to you know optimize your connection you're worried about where the blizzard servers are and everything um i would be shocked if blizzard didn't do something <clears throat> about hogger just because of this and how there is like a if not a pro league a pro circuit now and man that would suck right it's like if you just because of your connection you don't get the extra 10 million purchases that you sh maybe should whatever that means should have gotten um and you lose because of that okay um all right well that was a lot of talk about what blizzard's problems are right now uh and uh and bgs let's uh let's let's go into a little bit of on the ground arena analysis um it's a little beating the dead horse to say what's wrong with the meta, but let's look at very specifically why eh, it's not not deeply, but specifically per class. Because we, we usually back in the day we would run down like we would focus on one or two classes, you know, in the first couple days of the of the meta after going through neutrals on on day one of the overall meta and like tell you how to play with each class, right? These days. One, each class plays so differently, we'd actually have to spend an episode on each class. And two, it doesn't really matter that much how you play each class. It's more about what cards you're able to draft. And it's not hard to know what cards are you're able to draft, because the good cards are really good and the bad cards are really bad. And uh, there is no trick to bridging to where you need to be. Um, you know, make sure you don't die if you have good big cards. And if you don't have good big cards, make sure you can push before all the other people can play their good big cards. That's it. Um, so I, mean, I do want to look at what the good big cards are in this meta. Uh, and how, more important than, uh, than what, what they are, how much better they are than the next best options within each class. Because that'll tell you how important your draft is um, and what you need to hit in each class in order to win. So this is not going to be like a deep section with a lot of strategy. This is going to be, uh, I don't know, like, oh, I haven't played Paladin, for example. I've only been playing Mage. Uh, you know, what do I look for in Paladin besides, like, good cards? And the answer is always good cards, but okay. So I'm going to start with Paladin. Paladin has a 62.2 win rate on Templar Captain, which is, to no one's surprise, still the best card. Uh, Bronze Explorer, the 3-mana 2-3 lifesteal dragon that discovers a dragon, is 61.4%. That's a whole percentage down, almost. And that's because Bronze Explorer is anti-tempo in a tempo class. So even though it is really, really, really good at discovering the ridiculous dragons, uh, it's not as busted as something like Templar Captain. Bronze Explorer is on the same level as Brasswing, that 8-mana uh, 9-7 dragon that uh, consecrates uh, everything and uh, also heals your hero if it kills stuff, honorably kills stuff. Um, so that's that's kind of where your, your real big powerhouses are. And there's a big step down uh, at like minus 1% from, uh, from Brasswing to uh, Dumbalder Bridge. And going down from that, you have like Vine Cleaver, Righteous Protector, Spike Ridge Steed, like normal stuff, right? Like normal stuff we were used to before. So to really excel as Paladin, if you're really wanting to have your end game like kick some ass, you do need some Templar Captains, Bronze Explorers, and Brass Winds. Um, Dumbalder Bridge is more like a mid to late game tempo swing, possibly even played on four. I've had 
Um, I was surprised by how good a Dumbbell Bridge is played on four, but it depends on what, what cards you have. Um, but Brasswing, uh, Bronze Explorer, and Templar Captain, they are for sure 100% the big giant and game killers uh, for, for Paladin. Um, going on to Mage, and this is why Mage sucks. Like, I don't mean it is bad at a win rate, but I mean it's super polarized. Like, Murps really pushed on this point the last two podcasts, and it's true. Right now, Paladin actually has a significantly higher win rate than Mage, uh, as I think the entire meta has switched to being more aggressive, especially because of how many Mages there are. There are still more Mages than Paladins, don't get me wrong, when, especially when you get to high win rates, at least in my experience. But um, people, I think there are more decks that are designed to have a chance of going against Mages. And then the other mages battle it out amongst themselves. Um, which is why you see paladins up high now. Because paladins can kind of do both. Like, they can try to go at you, but they also have the big stuff at the end that'll actually carry them against other um, decks that are trying to go at that speed. But mages aren't like that. Mages are the OG, big high roll class. Rune of the Arc Mage, 62.5% win rate. Second best is Amplified Snow Flurry and like Meteor and like Arcane Breath and like Flame Strike and like Azure Explorer, Rolling Fireball. Like those are all somewhere between 59.7% and 60.2% in that 0.5% win rate band. Uh, so they're all very similar, but they're all over 2% below Rune of the Archmage. Like mages really run on Rune of the Archmage. Um, and, uh, that is obviously a pretty heavy RNG card on top of the fact that you have to get to turn 9 and you have to dra uh, draw it. So, all of Mage is pretty, uh, is pretty random. Um, that also means that if you face a Mage, even the Mage at high win rates, you don't need to really despair. Because they can always not draw the Rune of the Arc Mage. Like... The, 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 how many Rune of the Archmages are they actually going to have in their deck, right? If they don't have enough and they don't draw it, they're at a significant disadvantage compared to probably how they got there. Um, this kind of... It's the problem, right? Where if you are a good player, this really doesn't help you. If you're a bad player, oh my god, playing Mage must feel so good to be able to win all these games. Um, so that's Mage and Paladin, which, uh, which bring up the, the very top. Um, what's next? Warlock. Warlock is the other one uh, that is uh, that is at the top of the meta, um, and you have at the very top three cards: Spawn of Deathwing, uh, as we predicted to be at the ridiculous card; Crazed Netherwing, which is that dragon synergy that's five five, deal three damage to all other characters if you're holding a dragon. Um, that is a, a huge, huge, uh, equivalent, um, what do you call it? Abomination, not Abomination, what is that card called? Abyssal Enforcer. It's a better version of Abyssal Enforcer and fits in with all the dragon synergies. And then, of course, Full-Blown Evil, which we all know and hate. Um, so yeah, those are your top three cards before you have a 1% drop onto the other good, uh, Warlock cards. Which are like Nether Breath, uh, Fellfire in the Hole, Hollow Abomination, Infestation. Like they're all very, very good too. But you do have a, a, a little step down. Um, and so if you're looking at these cards and trying to figure out the common threat between Spawn of Deathwing, Crazed Netherwing, and Full Blown Evil, it's uh, they kill stuff, lots of stuff, very, very efficiently. Some are dragon synergies, some are double sided, but like there's just you. 
you can't win a tempo game against a warlock. You just can't. And if you can't win a tempo game against a warlock, a warlock has unlimited cards because they can keep using the hero power. And so you're just kind of screwed in all ways. Um, in my experience, warlock is the most frustrating class to play against right now. Because you play against paladins the same way. You just have a, a shorter timer of when you need to get through. You play against mages the same way. You just have a much more devastating turn 9 and beyond if they get to there. And they have like annoying board clears, but not like historically high offering rated board clears. They're, this is all within things we've seen in the past. But with Warlock, you're really at that... You're really, if you're taking a lesser class into face a Warlock, it really feels like back in the day when Abyssal Enforcer was the best card in the game and there was nothing remotely similar to it. Except now, there's like six cards that Warlock have that are better than Abyssal Enforcer and do similar things. And they're going to play quite a few of them over the course of the game. So you're just, you're just screwed no matter what you do. Um, if they have the deck. If they don't have the deck, Warlocks, I mean, they will have the deck. There's just too many options for Warlock to get there. Um, so that way, Warlock is probably the most balanced of the top-level classes, um, in that your draft is likely to turn out decent. Um, yeah, so those are those are the top three. Um, I do want to highlight uh, one more class, and that is the Shaman, of having the widest, outside of Mage, the widest uh, gap between the top card and the second best card. The top card being Wildpaw Cavern at 58% win rate, and the second best being Sleepbreaker at 56% win rate. Um, it falls off very quickly after that with Snowfall Guardian at 55.6 and the Lightning Breath at 55.2. Uh, so Wildpaw Cavern hugely dominates whether a Shaman is going to do well or not. Um, on, on Friday, uh, I had a, a Shaman deck that was total trash, but had a Wildpaw Cavern. And uh, it went 10 wins because we drew Wildpaw Cavern on by four a lot. And, and uh, in, in a few games, even on the higher win rate parts, our opponent had nothing. So even when we didn't draw Wildpaw Cavern, we like super lucked out. And that's, that's kind of the meta, right? Uh, so Shaman's a class that like super plays into that at the same level as Mage. At, at a slightly lower level than Mage. Mage has a, a higher gap. Um, but yeah, this is, this is kind of where... Uh, where I, I would say the meta is um, in, uh, in, in Arena, and it's not going to change until the rotation. So draft well, and by draft well, I mean be lucky. There's no way to counter this stuff. Um, there's no way to, you know, be offer this stuff more often that I know of. Maybe there's some voodoo hacks you can do to make it happen, but uh, really it's just what, what, what is your deck like? Um, and the, the, the big refrain is, no matter what your deck is like, and this is, this is the lower end of it. I talked about this in the last uh, podcast, but I want to like highlight it again here. No matter what your deck looks like, you always have a chance in this meta. And no matter what your deck looks like and how good it is, you always have a chance in this meta to get totally blown out. So... That's why Yeti's win rate is so freaking high in this meta, despite this meta being hugely everywhere. It's because crappy decks can win. Not with skill, but with your opponent getting even worse luck than you get. And amazing decks lose very easily in this meta. Very easily. Much more easy than they do in any other meta. 
because your amazing decks are still super polarized and you can just not draw the amazing cards. So, uh, if you're just looking at win rates, and this is also why if you're a Blizzard and you're just looking at win rates in all sorts of ways, there is no problem. Because the win rates are all going to even out. Because we're getting, we're getting the closest that we've ever been to the meta where every card reads, or like there's a whole bunch of cards in your deck that reads, flip a coin. If you flip heads, win the game. If you flip tails, you lose the game. Right? And like play while drawn or whatever. Um, that, that's always the hypothetical card that we, we point to to be like, hey, win rate isn't everything. You need to have strategy in this game uh, for it to be quote-unquote balanced. And uh, that's the big complaint about this meta, right? There's not a lot of strategy going on. But the win rates are, like, not terrible. I feel quite confident going in to the meta with, like, one amazing card and the rest of my deck being total trash. Like, I'll pick off some wins, both with that amazing card and with my opponents having equal, if not worse, terrible decks. Yeah, like, uh... This is early on in the meta, but I got like an 11 win druid, and the only good card was Raid Boss Anixia. Now, the only card being Raid, you know, good card being Raid Boss Anixia counts for a lot, but yeah, like that that matters, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I will say I lost the ones that I didn't draw. I'm not saying I drew it in every single one, you know, certainly there were games in which I just tempoed out and I killed them, and I took a lot of risk because it's like, well, if I fall behind, I always have this one other card in my deck that could, you know, bring me back, potentially. Um, but that's how it is, right? And you can, yeah, you can certainly beat these uh, very good mage decks that rely on their double rolling fireball, double uh, rune of the arc mage, you know, like double arcane explorer uh, by them not drawing their stuff. Uh, them playing Arcane Explorer and anti-tempoing, you know, playing a 2-3 on turn <clears> 4, <throat> and you sort of, like, punishing them and going face, right? And even though they, like, may rolling fireball you once, you know, you push even more damage, and then suddenly uh, they, you know, you, you just kind of kill them before they can ruin the Archmage, or they play ruin the Archmage, and then but they're, like, on 4 HP, and then, you know, it, the one time it doesn't give them Ice Barrier, right? Uh then you can just kill them. So, it happens. But I think yeah. people are very, very frustrated by the fact that uh, <clears throat> they can have these good decks, they can feel like they played well, which maybe they did, uh, and still lose in crushing fashion, in absolutely yep. destructive ways in which they, they look at it and they're like, wow, this was just not, not even fun, like, at all. The, the decisions I made didn't matter. I'm going to make an analogy here that is uh, very appropriate and, and very inappropriate for, for these times, but I like to think of what's going on in the current arena meta as two games. Every game you're playing two games. One is a game with your ground troops. You're on the ground troops. This is where yetis are actually very good right now. And the other game is a nuclear game where people just launch nukes at each other. You don't have a lot of them, but when you launch a nuke, you win the battle. That just kind of happens. It doesn't matter what the Yeti's been doing. The nuke is going to eliminate all that and then some. Now, if you want to play this game as a strategy game, the nukes don't matter. If your opponent draws it, they'll lob it. It'll do a lot of damage. If you draw yours, you'll lob it. You'll do a lot of damage. But 
the strategy part of the game is what's happening on the ground. And no matter how many nukes there are and how the game gets decided ultimately, one side still plays better than the other side usually on the ground. Even if it has no impact on the ultimate result. Because there is a separate nuclear war going on. And at any time, someone can draw a nuke and win the game. Or, you know, heavily change the, the shape of the game. That doesn't mean that the ground war is not interesting to play. That doesn't mean there's no strategy for the ground war that you're playing with your yetis and your other conventional cards. What it does mean is that you can't judge how well you did or how poorly you did or how much fun you've had by the nukes being lobbed around. You just have to put that out of your mind and continue to live your life and play your game as if the ground game matters. Because why else would you be playing this game? This tying back to my, uh, to my rant from uh, the podcast two weeks ago on your mental state, right? Like, just feel better. Like, I don't mean, like, just sit there and feel better about yourself. I mean, if you're choosing to play this game, you know the bullshit nukes are happening. You know that's there. You have no control over that, right? Like, that's just going to happen. You know it'll determine quite a large number of these, uh, these games. But you're not playing for that. Or at least as a good player, I assume you're not playing for that. I don't think that's terribly fun for many good players, and it's definitely not very strategic. But the strategic element of the game has not disappeared. It's just not translating to wins anymore. So if you stop feeling as good about, like, if you stop tying your progress to wins and losses necessarily, and start tying them to just... Am I winning the ground game or am I losing the ground game? Did I make a mistake or did I not make a mistake? And just not worry about the nuclear war that's going on in the background. Then you can still enjoy the game. You can still improve on the game. And that's really what you have to do in the arena right now to really enjoy it as a good player. Um, because if you're at all putting a lot of weight onto these nukes that are actually deciding the game, you're going to just end up depressed. Because it's depressing. It's objectively depressing when strategy doesn't matter for a good player that's playing this game because of strategy. But it doesn't mean that all strategy has been eliminated from the game. Just a large part of the things that matter, right? So it's mentally about choosing to be able to focus on the parts that you still have and not on the parts that are outside of your control that are no longer giving you joy. I see. Thank you for that. It's all it's it's all up here. It's it's all about your mental game. Okay, I think that's enough. I, I don't know how to follow up with that. That I think that's enough. That's that's very good, v good, good, very good. Uh, and that'll wrap up this uh, this Life Forge. Uh, we'll we'll be back here again uh, next week, um, assuming Merps's uh, computer here doesn't <laughs> blow up by then. Uh, if have we talked about this on the podcast? No, we didn't I, talk I about think, it. I don't think we talked about it. Okay, okay. Question from the go. We'll end this with a quick question from the go. Brought to you by our patrons. Quite literally, brought to you by our patrons because this is uh, this is about the computers, the very expensive computers that we bought with uh, with patron money with. Twitch sub money with, uh, you know, uh, ad money. Um, and thank you for everybody who supported us, donations, 
and all of that. We got these computers last year. Well, I think we ordered them around this time last year, and we got them like six months later. Um, so it took a while. Supply line issues, right? Uh, and uh, and they've been working great so far until today. My computer is overheating. Uh, CPU shoots up to 90 plus degrees Celsius. Celsius, by the way, guys. Uh, and I don't know. So, so look, I'm not going to get too much into it. But for now, my computer is non-functional. I'm coming at you with the old PC. Yes, if you remember, this is the same PC that blue screens of death uh, every once in a while. Uh, but we got to get this figured out. I'm very sad because if Diablo 2 Resurrected Lido comes out, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, like this computer just can't really handle it right yeah. now. But uh, hopefully we'll get it figured out. And until then, I don't know if I can stream. Uh, yes, it's like the one day stream per week, but we'll, we'll figure something out. I'll keep you guys updated. Until then, yeah, it's, it's a real issue. I have yeah. had real people help me look at it. It's not just me forgetting to plug something in. Okay, guys? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, this may be a, a longer issue, but until then, assuming this computer holds up, Marissa will still be able to do like the Lightforge and the Arena Coop because I'm the one running the, the game for, for the Arena Coop. Uh, but his Monday streams will be canceled until further notice, which is whenever this issue gets fixed. Maybe he'll call up the people who built our computers and then they'll be like, try this and then it'll work. But it feels like an actual hardware failure um, and he's probably going to have to send in the, the computer and who knows when they're going to be able to like look at it and who knows when they're going to have to be able to replace the part if they need to do that. Thankfully, it's still under warranty. Um, so, uh, so we will hopefully not have to pay for it. Um, but he may be out of commission for solo streams for a bit. Um, I'll still be streaming on Friday nights for for my solo stream, and uh, we'll we'll keep you guys updated. Um, so yeah, that's a question from the goat. Um, fingers crossed uh, for everything. And until next week, this is Abicto. This is Merp. See you guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.